welcome to the Purely Nourished podcast. I am your host, Amanda Fitt. I'm a clinical nutritionist, rock climber, mountain biker, and general lover of the outdoors. I work with people all over the nation via my virtual private practice and programs using a root cause, non-band-aid approach. I'm here to flip the script on conventional nutrition and health practices. After years of being stuck in a gray area of not being totally unwell, but not super healthy either, I never received the support or answers I needed from conventional providers to actually get better. I'm now on a mission to use integrative and functional nutrition practices to get and keep people well for years to come. We're going to tackle that gray area of health in this podcast with a special emphasis on gut health, hormone balance, sports performance, and overall health optimization. My goal is to empower you to become a more knowledgeable consumer, eater, and better overall health advocate for yourself. Now sit back, relax, and let's dive right in. Hello, hello. Welcome back, everyone. If you are new to the, this podcast, yay, welcome. Excited to have you here. If you've been around for a little while, you probably realized I took a bit of a break. <laughs> so it's really nice to be back. A little insight into behind the scenes. So I started this podcast. It was the my winter break before my last term of grad school. So I was psyched and I just really wanted to get it started with all the free time I had in my two weeks in between terms. And for some reason in my brain, I thought or expected that I would be able to keep up with everything during my last term of grad school and clinical hours and all the things. Well, it ended up being a little bit too much. So you know what? I just had to take a little step back, uh, which was totally fine. You know, it is it is what it is. And um, after graduation, I was excited to just focus on my clients. I was so stoked to have free time and I was spending all of my free time outdoors, biking, climbing, all the things. So I finally have the capacity to get back into this and I'm so stoked. So today, we're going to talk about continuous glucose monitors. I just used one for the first time, so I am excited to recount and share my experience with you guys, talk about some of the things that I learned, biggest takeaways, surprises, all the things. So I just took mine off um, a couple nights ago, so you wear each sensor for about two weeks, so I wanted to kind of hop on and record this while everything was still fresh in my brain, so I could really give you guys um, a great account of how it all went and all the things. So really excited for this episode. So let's start by just talking about what a continuous glucose monitor actually is. So essentially it's a small device that attaches to the back of your arm that measures your glucose continuously. So basically in real time, uh, this sensor attaches or connects rather to an app on your phone. So you can always get data literally at any time uh, as far as what your actual glucose levels in your body at any one given time. So technically, for those my technical people out there, uh, these CGMs are actually measuring your interstitial fluid, which is essentially the same for the most part um, to what your actual blood sugar levels are. So what your sugar levels are in your blood, rather. So nonetheless, it's a really, really good 
guesstimate of what your levels are at any one given time. However, if you were wearing a CGM and maybe you pricked your finger with a glucometer and actually measure the sugar that's in your blood, you might see like small discrepancies in terms of numbers, but it's not large enough to actually make a difference for those of us who are just kind of tracking in terms of you know health optimization, knowledge, and, and those types of things. So the company that I ended up using for my CGM is called Vary. And I did my research out there. There's a few different companies out in the world, um, but this one in particular, I was drawn to for a couple of reasons. One, it does seem to be the cheapest out there. You know, the more, most affordable, I'm always looking for the most affordable options for not only myself, but my clients as well. That's just a big deal for me. Um, and additionally, Vary also has a coaching program where I can order sensors for my clients at even a more discounted rate than what they could order themselves as a consumer. Um, and I have the ability to track their levels, their data on my end, on a platform. So that was a really big deal for me. And I was really excited that I found this company. Um, so that's what I ended up using. And I had a really great experience nonetheless. So let's chat a little bit about who would benefit from continuous glucose monitoring. And honestly, there is a wide range of people who would benefit from this. Honestly, I think every single person should do this at some point in their lives. I think it's incredible in terms of the information you gather about how the food that you're eating is directly impacting your body. I think so many of us are you know, that you have to see it to believe it type of thing. You know, we can hear something, we can read about something, but to actually see a quantifiable number of how the food that you are eating impacts your body in a positive or negative way is so incredibly helpful for not only the motivation to make change, the behavior change piece, but actually being able to do things that make a difference and being able to see the difference happen in real time. Such an incredible tool. But let's get a little bit more specific about really people who would super, super benefit from using a CGM. So athletes, to monitor fueling strategies. This is a huge one. So especially endurance athletes out there, I see this being incredibly an incredibly uh, useful resource because we are wanting to fuel consistency consistently and make sure that we're not bonking during workouts or hitting that low hypoglycemic, low sugar state. The CGM can be an incredibly useful tool for people who are moving their bodies often and wanting to make sure that they're fueling appropriately for any given activity that they're doing. Another population would be people who struggle with their energy levels. So this could be things like feeling tired in the afternoon, you know, kind of hitting that 3 p.m. wall, feeling like you need to reach for coffee, um, feeling tired after meals or feeling worse after eating, um, waking up not feeling hungry or waking up feeling tired. So just generally people who kind of struggle in that department, very, very useful tool. Those who struggle with their hormone health, blood sugar regulation is crucial. So, so important. And this is especially people for, or excuse me, this is especially for people dealing with thyroid dysfunction, uh, for people with PCOS, polycystic ovarian syndrome, people who deal with PMS, irregular periods, painful per, uh, periods, fertility issues. All of this has a correlation in some way, whether it be direct or indirect, to blood sugar regulation overall. So incredibly useful tool for those people. 
Next, people who are wanting to improve their metabolic health. So this could be for a whole number of reasons. Uh, maybe it is for weight loss, right? Or weight loss resistance, struggling in that department. Um, maybe you have a family history of diabetes, prediabetes, other metabolic issues that you're wanting to prevent. This can be an incredible useful tool to catch things early. Anyone who already has markers out of range. So if you get blood work done, maybe your A1C is a little bit higher than it should be. Maybe your fasting glucose, maybe your lipids, your fats are a little bit out of range. Highly, highly recommend this tool because again, such an important thing to be able to catch some of this stuff before we crest the hill in terms of, in terms of actual disease progression. And lastly, uh, a CGM would be an incredibly useful tool for those who need to reduce inflammation in the body. So just a little bit of context, blood sugar dysregulation. So when we have a lot of highs or a lot of lows, uh, this leads to inflammation in the body. So anyone with any type of the hormonal conditions that we mentioned above, a lot of overlap with inflammation there, uh, those with autoimmunity, those who experience joint pain, issues with recovery, skin conditions like acne, and any other type of inflammatory condition would also highly benefit from the use of a CGM. Okay, so now let's talk about applying it. So honestly, I was a little nervous to stick this thing on my arm. I'm not very good with medical stuff. I, I don't know. I'm just, you know, an anxious person in general. So if I go get a blood draw, if I have to get a vaccine, uh, doctor's appointments, you know, anything, I just get a little bit worked up. So not going to lie, I was a little nervous. However, I'm here to now being on the other side of it, <laughs> clear the air that it was no big deal. It was so incredibly easy. So essentially to attach the sensor to, you, to your arm, you get a little kit and there's a little applicator device that has a very, very small needle in there. And that's what I was a little worried about. <laughs> and just so you know, the needle actually doesn't stay in your arm. So the sensor stays attached to your arm through actually a little filament. It's this like tiny centimeter long, really thin little plastic. I don't know if it's plastic or a different material material piece that basically sticks in your arm. And the needle just kind of gets it in there, basically. And it also, uh, the sensor also has an adhesive piece that stays on your arm as well. But nonetheless, you kind of press this applicator. It's almost like a gun. You know, you load the sensor in the applicator, you stick it on your arm and you just press it in. And within like a millisecond, it's attached on your arm. Um, I thought I was going to feel a pinch or something like you would with a little shot or something of the sort. But honestly, I didn't feel anything. It was like the most seamless process ever. I recorded myself putting it on to just share with people on social media, on Instagram. And I like took a deep breath before I pressed the sensor in. And when I did it, I was like, oh, are you kidding me? There was nothing to be worked up about. Uh, I will say actually peeling off the sensor was almost a little bit worse than applying it. So the adhesive was pretty sticky and I also put a cover over it as well, just to kind of keep it protected, which I might not do next time. So there's your first kind of tip or trick. Um, I do think that the cover helps extend the life. So gives a little protection in terms of if you bump your sensor or anything of the sort, uh, but it was like a really sticky band-aid and I definitely lost some hair. <laughs> um, so anyways, you know, it is what it is. There's some tips online if you have trouble 
with the pulling off, you can kind of lube it up with some oil of sorts, which I did. I used a little coconut oil, but nonetheless, still not the worst thing I've ever experienced in my life. So it wasn't that big of a deal. All right, so let's move on to calibration. So the first couple days that you apply your sensor, there's a calibration period. So they say to take your readings within the first 48 hours with a grain of salt. So you're gonna see a little bit more erratic readings in terms of maybe things look really high or really low. This is just the sensor basically calibrating itself. So about day two and a half or day three of the 14 day life of the sensor is when you can really start to take your values uh, at face value. So let's talk about scanning and tracking, like how you actually get your blood glucose readings from the CGM. So essentially you will have two apps on your phone. So there's the actual CGM app, which is the Freestyle Libre. It's essentially just the company that the actual CGM is. And that's the app that you use to scan your sensor. Now there's a second app, which is the Very app. So this is the company, it's their proprietary app that I chose. And I really, really loved the data and the metrics and just the user friendliness that this app provided. So we'll go, we'll talk about that a little bit more detail here in a moment, but essentially what you do if you wanna know what your blood glucose is at any one given time, you open up your Freestyle Libra app, you hold it up to the sensor, it scans and it shows you the number. Then to have that auto-populate into the Very app so you can get all the pretty data and whatnot, all you have to do is open up the Very app and it syncs automatically. And something that I will note too is that the CGM will automatically record your blood glucose every 15 minutes and store it in the app, even without you scanning it. So basically, let's say I recorded or I scanned my glucose at 8 a.m. Three hours later, I decided, I decided to scan again. What would happen in the app then is from 8 a.m. to 3 p.m. when I scanned it that next time, everything would auto-populate between the time of the last two scans. So super simple, you don't have to scan it every five minutes, it will automatically do it for you. So let's chat about some best times to actually scan. So some good numbers to pay attention to would be your fasting morning glucose. And so this means you wanna check your blood glucose in the morning about 10 to 12 hours after your last meal. So for example, if you had dinner at 6 p.m. the night before, you don't wanna check around 6 a.m. that next morning. Um, the fasting glucose number can give us really good insights into your metabolic health. There's definitely an ideal range there. And so we know if you are consistently over in your morning fasted blood glucose readings that this is definitely something that we need to work on. Could be an area of concern. Another time to scan or check would be two hours after your meal. And so we call this two hours postprandial. So obviously just a little review, when you eat food, your blood glucose goes up. And then afterwards, your body goes to work, it releases insulin to shuttle glucose out of your bloodstream and into your cells to bring your blood glucose back down to homeostasis, it's Goldilocks range. So two hours after a meal, there is a ideal range that we'd like to see your blood glucose in. 
So for example, if you eat food and your blood sugar goes up and two hours later, your blood sugar isn't coming down in a timely fashion, that is an indication that insulin isn't quite doing its job properly. It isn't shuttling the blood out of your bloodstream in an optimal way, which could indicate some issues, some blood sugar regulation, some insulin resistance. So that's a really good value to pay attention to. Another value is to figure out the peak, so how high your blood sugar went after meals. And so the CGMs are really, really great for this because you can always just retroactively look back. Again, it'll store all of your data. So even if you check your two hours postprandial, you can see how high your blood sugar actually peaked before it came down. This number is going to be crucial in giving you information on how your body processed the last meal that you had. So for example, if you saw a really, really high peak after lunchtime, that is a sign for you to look back at lunch, ask yourself, what did I have? You know, what could have maybe contributed to this large spike? And what can I do differently in the future to have a less of a spike, a less of a glucose response after this meal in order to work to better optimal blood sugar regulation overall? All right, let's briefly chat about the metrics that Vary provides. So this was one of my favorite things, honestly, about the app and the experience. So they give you post-meal scores. So basically, anytime that you eat your food, you have an opportunity to journal it. So what I did is I just took a picture of every meal that I had, so I would be able to go back and reference, okay, what was my blood sugar response after this particular meal, so I could really start to reflect and change things as needed. Um, but it also, so the very app gives you this score. So this post-meal score basically is out of one through 10 and gives you some insight into how good that meal was in terms of blood sugar response, essentially. So if you had a really fast and high blood sugar spike afterwards, you would have a lower score. But if you had a more mellow blood sugar spike, you didn't go over baseline um, or over your kind of threshold number that you chose for yourself. And if it you know, went down in a really smooth and easy way, then you'd get a higher score essentially. So really cool insights there. It also gives you some averages. Um, it gives you insight into like glucose variability throughout the day. So kind of the standard deviation of how much you move away from the mean, your average blood glucose throughout the day, which can just give a lot of data and insight into how your blood sugar regulation is doing each and every day. So if you're a data-driven person, which I am, I absolutely love this and love this experience for that. And lastly, so I just mentioned that you can take pictures of your food. And one of the things that I loved about this was it's a super like non-obsessive, non-invasive way to track your food without having to actually like write down calories or track macros or, or anything like this. It felt very comfortable just to snap a picture of my food and then be able to see how my blood sugar and my body responded to that food and then make decisions and changes based off of that information. So it didn't feel triggering or obsessive or anything throughout the process. And I just really, really loved that feature about the whole experience. 
Okay, so generally, this is kind of what my two weeks felt like with the CGM. So in the beginning, I was like super stoked. I was fired up. I was like scanning it every 15 minutes, you know, like really psyched. Um, something that I did try to do throughout the two weeks was try to do some different activities. I was really utilizing this for fueling strategies. For one, I was curious to see what my blood sugar did when I ran versus when I climbed outside versus when I walked. Um, so that was one of my goals is to do a bunch of different activities within the two weeks to see what happens basically with my blood sugar and my fueling um, and what I could change to improve. Okay, let's chat about some of my biggest takeaways. So these were kind of my biggest aha moments from the whole experience. So in the food department, I had my biggest spike from a meal that I ate out. And I shared this on Instagram a little bit, but I just wanna clarify a little bit more on here. So this meal was something that I have every once in a while. It's from this really yummy food cart in Bend. It's kind of like a rice dish with a marinated steak, a salad with like a yummy dressing on it. Really, really good. Now I also had other meals out, like from a restaurant not home cooked, during the two week CGM process. But this one in particular really spiked my blood sugar and I think this is why. So sometimes, I th not I think, uh, I know that there are hidden sources of sugar in food. So for example, this particular bowl, I'm thinking that there was not only sugar in the marinade, there was sugar in the dressing as well on the little veggie salad, but there was probably also sugar in the rice. So even though this meal kind of looked quote unquote healthy on the surface, it ended up giving me like a really big blood sugar spike. Now, let me just be clear. I'm not going to never eat from this food cart ever again. I am still gonna go eat there. However, I might make a few changes next time now having this information on how greatly it impacted my blood sugar. And so just a little bit more context too for this particular instance, I was at work. Um, I probably waited a little bit too long to eat lunch and that's something else that I'm going to go into as well from a big takeaway standpoint here in a moment. And I was a little stressed. I remember it was like a Friday afternoon. Bend was crazy. I couldn't find parking. And so there was a lot of other contributing factors that could have led to this more increased dramatic blood glucose spike from this particular meal. But here's something that I would do differently. For one is I probably wouldn't wait too long to eat, right? Because sometimes if we wait too long uh, and then we eat really quickly, uh, we have a rebound effect. So that would be one thing. Maybe have a little snack, a handful of nuts beforehand to kind of help stamp down that effect overall. Something else I could have done is just go for a little walk afterwards. I could have just taken a five or 10 minute walk around the office and that would also help normalize my blood sugar a little bit quicker independent of insulin because that's a fun fact movement exercise we can shuttle glucose out of our bloodstream and into our cells without always having to use insulin so that's a fun little tip there for you <laughs> so that was kind of a, a an interesting circumstance that i wanted to share with you Another big takeaway and kind of aha moment was one morning I decided I was gonna go on a run. 
and I had a really yummy breakfast. I made some French toast, which was so good. Uh, and I had some sausage, some protein to kind of help balance out the meal. Um, and I had a pretty, pretty good blood sugar spike afterwards. It wasn't like incredibly high, but what was really interesting is I didn't focus on my timing well in terms of when I did my physical activity after this meal. So I essentially waited too long to go run. So I think I had this breakfast at like 8 a.m. and I didn't run until like two hours later, like 10 a.m. I was being really lazy. I was kind of taking my time. And so what happened is because I had that spike before my run, I actually had a pretty big dip afterwards. Sometimes with blood sugar regulation, that happens, right? If you have too big of a spike, sometimes you are going to have a big dip afterwards as a consequence of that spike. So I then went into my run in kind of a low blood sugar state already. That was really interesting because on my run, you know, I didn't feel terrible, not going to lie, but I also didn't feel great. I definitely felt a little nauseous in the beginning. Um, I felt like I could have had a little bit more energy towards the end. My legs were getting a little bit heady, heavy, so I know I would have benefited from better meal timing around my workout to really optimize that blood sugar response. So what would I do differently next time is I would run sooner. Basically try to ride that high from the blood sugar spike from my breakfast rather than let it crash and then start my activity in a low energy availability state, essentially. All right, third takeaway, grains, so things like rice and quinoa actually really impacted my blood sugar as compared to other carbohydrates. So for some reason, I tolerate potatoes, so like white potatoes, sweet potatoes, really well. I had no issues with those whatsoever. I also tolerated fruit pretty well, but every time that I had rice or quinoa or anything of the sort, I saw a really, really big spike. Super interesting, something that I would have never guessed, to be honest with you, without having done this experience. So am I gonna stop eating rice? No, definitely not, but I am gonna be really mindful of when I eat it, really pairing it with enough protein and enough fat to help combat that associated spike. I might also pair grains more around my workouts, so either before or after to improve improve the glycemic response. So a lot of different strategies that I can use there. But again, that was never really on my radar until I did this experience, which is really neat. All right, a couple more here. So another big takeaway was that I personally might be someone who benefits from eating a little bit more regularly. So this especially goes for my work days. I tend to get, I work from home most of the time and I tend to get pretty caught up sometimes with client calls or you know answering messages and it's really hard to pull away. And sometimes I get a little distracted and will go too long without eating. And I noticed way bigger variability in my blood glucose on those days. So I did some experimentation where I just ate a little bit more regularly. So I was mindful to have a mid-morning snack to bridge the gap between breakfast and lunch. Same thing in the afternoon. And I noticed a lot more stable curve throughout the day. So I had less 
really high highs and subsequently less really low lows by eating a little bit more consistently. Now, this might not be for everyone, um, but that's something that really worked for me. And I noticed that again, especially on my work from home days. So really interesting insight there. Okay, last point here is that movement really made a difference. And I know this intuitively, like I teach people this all the time, but no matter the time of day that I worked out, if I did do some type of movement, whether that be a stationary bike ride or a walk or a lift or a climb, I had a much better glycemic response afterwards. Um, so for example, I'm thinking of one instance where we went to the gym, climbing gym, and we did like a three hour session. I made sure to have a snack during the session. Afterwards, we stopped and got Mexican food. What did I have? I had a really yummy shrimp dish with rice in it, by the way, and I had a super, super mild glycemic response afterwards. And it was because I was just moving my body for three hours prior to. So I cannot stress or emphasize the importance of movement when it comes to this whole blood sugar regulation conversation. And again, it was so nice to have that reinforced by seeing that data with the CGM to really make this a priority for myself moving forward. All right, and before we kind of get, in, get into the wrap up here, um, I just wanna say if you are interested in a CGM, approach it with curiosity. So don't try to get things perfect, right? We're using it to gather information and gather data. So use it as an experimentation, you know, do things that you might think will spike your blood sugar and see what happens. Try different combinations of foods, different combinations of meals. I think that's a really, really good way to approach this rather than, oh, I can't eat this or I have to eat this certain way because I wanna see those numbers be really perfect. No, 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 we're, we're trying to approach it in a different way. Information gathering, that way you can be an informed consumer, an informed health blood sugar advocate for yourself to then be able to move forward with the best information and best decisions for your particular and unique body. Okay, so if you are interested in a CGM, a couple ways to go about getting one. One, Vary has a direct-to-consumer option. So you could totally order one yourself. Um, I have a discount code and I will throw it in the show notes for you. Another way is to work with me as a one-on-one -on -one client. I'm able to order sensors at cost, so it's a little bit cheaper than the direct to consumer option. And I'm also able to monitor your levels that way and provide you feedback. We kind of build it into our visits together. So that's another really cool option. Um, but as a third option, so if you are someone who feels you would really benefit from a CGM, right? Any of the people that we talked about at the beginning of this episode. So whether you're an athlete, someone with hormonal concerns, metabolic issues, maybe you're just concerned about prevention, maybe you're dealing with information, whatever it may be, gathering data is of course a huge piece of the puzzle right? The, the data itself, the information. But the other piece of the puzzle is then actually knowing what to do with that information to improve your numbers and improve your overall blood sugar stability. And so because this is such a huge topic that I literally talk about with almost every single one of my clients in clinical practice in some shape or form, 
It always comes up, whether it be a conversation about athletic performance, stress, metabolic health, I mean, so many things. It's, it's such a vast reaching topic. So because of this, I decided to build a program to teach you exactly how to balance your blood sugar using meal composition strategies, meal timing, lifestyle, movement, and so much more. And I'm going to be running this program in a group format this first time around. So I'm having this as the beta round, essentially a testing round. And because it is the beta round, I'm going to keep the group size pretty limited to ensure that I have enough capacity to really give each and every person in the group plenty of one-on-one -on -one feedback and attention. And so this beta round is going to be offered at a much lower price point than the full value of the program in exchange for the group's feedback, because I really want to ensure the program is designed in a way that's actually helpful and it's put together in a way that's attractive and approach, approachable and all the things before doing a full launch. So if you are interested in joining the beta group, I am starting a wait list now for those who are kind of interested in this. So essentially I will open up the application process towards the middle or end of August and those on the wait list will be the first to get the application. The group will begin in mid-September and it's going to run for six weeks and I'm just kind of going to stop there in terms of information. I will definitely share more details soon, but nonetheless, if this is at all sounding like something that you would benefit from, join the list now because I do have a feeling that these beta round spots are going to fill up pretty quickly because this is such a trendy topic. I have so many of you guys asking about CGMs. By the way, we're going to use CGMs in the program. Um, so yeah, I, I do really feel like they're going to fill up pretty quickly. So if you are at all interested, go to the show notes, add yourself to the wait list, and then you'll be the first one to get the application and actually be able to turn it in come August. All right, guys, thank you so much for tuning in today. It was a pleasure sharing my CGM experience with you. I hope you have a fabulous rest of your week and we will talk next time.